This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to the Intentional Solopreneur Podcast, the show about how to launch and grow a successful service-based business. In each episode, I show you how to build a business on purpose, one that lights you up, keeps you inspired, and helps you make a bigger impact on the world. I share both marketing strategy and my best mindset tips to help you get the clarity and confidence you need to succeed as a new business owner. Hi everyone, this is Agatha Brewer and you're listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. Today I'm so excited to be joined by Hannah McCormick and Nicole Hiller of Showing Up Solo. I'll read a quick intro on Hannah and Nicole and then we'll get started. After spending way too many calls with clients who were feeling intimidated or just plain overwhelmed by online marketing, we thought, there's got to be a better way. We've both had to learn how to market our businesses using social and email marketing, and we've put in a lot of time, energy, and money to get to where we are now. Lucky for us, our business is marketing, and investment on that scale makes sense for us. But if you're not planning to sell marketing services, your options are usually outsource your marketing or figure it out yourself. And that's why we created Showing Up Solo. We want to provide a free resource for fellow solopreneurs to learn the ins and outs of online marketing in one place. So we've created the Showing Up Solo series and also the Showing Up Solo membership. Welcome, Hannah and Nicole. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you. (laughs) So in this episode, uh, I thought we would talk a little bit about content creation and also how to show up authentically in your business. First of all, I'd love to hear a little bit about how Showing Up Solo started and why you decided to work together. Um, I'll go. I'll go first, Nicole. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I uh, my business is a pandemic baby, and I started off as a virtual assistant and had to figure out how to build a client list from ground zero, and love learning. So, I started like absorbing as much content and information as I could about marketing and social media management. And then my business sort of pivoted towards social media marketing. And of course, um, people who are in the, in the online market marketing world will know that um, last, uh, well, in 2021, 20, uh, Instagram really started pushing video content, uh, not a medium I was particularly comfortable with to start off with, but um, it was necessary if you wanted to reach um, and grow an audience. So I started challenging myself to do uh, lives every week. And um, I started inviting Nicole, who had been a collaborator for a while. And um, we really started talking about like whether we should do a course or um, membership or like what to do to help um, basically the people we kept meeting over and over again with the same problems we had had. And I can't remember if it was you or me who suggested it, but we decided if we're going to be doing lives, we should put that video content to use elsewhere. And if we were going to be doing video content, we should do a podcast. And that's really what kind of gave birth to our series. Right, Nicole? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that was like, you know, perfectly described pretty much. Um, One little thing I want to add is just that 
you and I uh, were kind of having conversations about um, the experiences of our clients and the struggles that they were having. And we really uh, found ourselves co kind of coaching them, but guiding them in how to show up authentically and really not even just supporting them, but supporting each other. And we felt that like there was so much power in having those conversations with ourselves and with our clients that we we wanted to, you know, extend that to other people. Yeah. And that was kind of, yeah, like that was like the birth of showing up solo. I think that's, that's so, that's, that's totally right. We were having the same conversations over and over again. And, and they were the conversations we'd had with ourselves at the beginning. Yeah. And yeah, we just kind of wished that there was like, can we just help people avoid that phase altogether and just skip to yeah. a place of confidence when it comes to your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate because, uh, you know, I'm a business coach and I have a marketing background. So even with the marketing background that I have, I've still had like many struggles uh, as I've launched my business. And I've had to like relearn how to market as a service-based business versus the marketing that I know, like that I breathe, live and breathe, you know, from, from everything that I learned in the corporate world and, you know, everything I know about digital marketing, but it was just like, a, it was like a different beast. It was, you know, B2B marketing and not uh, the type of marketing that I do now and, and the type of marketing that I help clients, you know, figure out for themselves. So, and a lot of the people that I work with, like also, are very new and they don't have a marketing background. So like trying to have them understand what I'm even talking about, you know, mm -hmm. I can't use the same terms that I know. So it's, it's interesting that, that you have the, the similar experience. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about those things that uh, you kind of wished you knew when you were new uh, solopreneurs or, or new business owners in general. And, you know, as you look back on the entrepreneurial journey that you have, like, what are those key things that you want newer solopreneurs to know about marketing their businesses online? Well, I'm going to answer this one first, Hannah, if you don't mind. But a big one for me, I would say, is that you're not going to know everything and that is OK. Um, it's OK to take those chances of putting yourself out there and learning along the way. Um, those are huge, like learning steps towards uh, your business, but also you as an uh, entrepreneur that um, people don't look at you and think, oh, my God, look at this idiot. They don't know what they're doing. People probably look at you and think, oh, my goodness, they know so much. I wish I knew as much as them. So the person who's the hardest is yourself. So um, it's really trying to be gentle and also acknowledge the wealth of knowledge and experience you you bring to the table yeah and i would i would love to add to that that um i think two two really big things that um that i learned um at the start um when it came to marketing one is quality over quantity that goes for every aspect whether it's like creating quality content over like a lot of content but also um in terms of leads if you are too generic or um, open with, with what you're looking for from your marketing, you might get lots and lots of leads. And I had this situation at the beginning, I was getting lots of leads, but they were the wrong clients. Um, and of course, at the beginning, you're hungry and you'll take everyone. Um, and you realize the hard way that those relationships don't always work out. Um, 
now um, Nicole and I are selective with who we work with. We know who we are going to succeed with when it comes to working together. And um, those clients, they stick with you. They tend to pay more too, <laughs> um, because you have that really good connection. Like you have that, that trust um, sort of baked in. So um, it's better to have less leads that are really, that are your perfect a million leads of people that may or may not work out. Um, so that's, that's one of the biggest takeaways uh, for marketing is quality over quantity. And then the other thing is it takes time. Um, I remember in my first year business, um, my severance pay had run out and I hadn't quite made enough clients yet. And I was worried I was going to make rent and I was freaked out. <laughs> and I spent the entire month of October, busy, busy, like marketing, showing up every day, arranging interviews, going to networking events. And I still didn't get that many. I still didn't, I signed, I think one client by the end of the month, but January, I suddenly had four new clients. So it didn't happen in October. It took a while. It takes a while for these, for your efforts to show, to like bear fruit but it is completely worth it because if I hadn't made that big marketing push in October, I wouldn't have had the client roster I had in January. And I, I found that consistently. If I push, if I like the marketing efforts, there's about a three month, six month kind of lag between the heavy marketing and the actual results. And, and that's, you just have to remember it's a long term game. Yeah, everything you said totally resonates like for me, but also people that I work with. I think a lot of people have like just unrealistic expectations of how quickly they can be successful in business and they don't realize how much time and effort it actually takes and how much marketing you have to do and how consistent you have to be and things like like so, for example, this podcast, like we're recording it now, but it won't release until X date, you know, so like the effect of what you do doesn't happen until later on. And then, you know, a certain amount of people have to see it. You have to promote the episode like that is all a whole process and all the networking events you do like yeah, you may get a lead or you may get a prospect, whatever you want to call it from that event, but then you have to nurture them and then you have to have a follow-up call and you know, like that takes time. And some people just have this expectation that, oh, I'm going to like work with a coach and they're going to figure it all out for me and I'm going to be like successful immediately. But like, especially in marketing, it's a long game. Like content is a long game and it takes months, years, you know, to, to figure it out and to, to like understand your brand and, and what you talk about. So yeah, I totally agree. And then what you said about the comparison, like everybody deals with that because th that's one thing that I really like work on with clients is their mindset because we are our most like critical critic, you know, and we hear our voice in our own head and those people that see us are like, oh my God, look at what amazing thing she's doing, you know? And we don't hear that voice that they hear unless they tell mm -hmm. us, you know, or unless they give us some feedback. So we really need to like constantly remind ourselves that I'm doing something amazing. I'm doing something new that I've never done before. And I just need to like be my own cheerleader. So everything you guys said just totally resonated. So I'm gonna pivot a little bit to content since that's what we're talking about. So. Um, I just love like all the content that you guys create. It's like super polished. It has a consistent look and feel like I can feel your brand. It, it's fun. It shows your personality. So 
how do you actually create a content strategy like that, that, that works for you? And that's also sustainable in the long run. Well, I, I'm kind of smirking here when you say how polished it looks, because it totally goes back to what Nicole was saying about that comparisonitis. And um, like what I feel about my content is different <laughs> to how it looks on the outside. But I think, and I think Nicole, you'll agree with me that the key to having our, our work look so uh, consistent and polished is simplicity, right? Mm -hmm. We have a formula yep. um, that we follow and um, it's designed around what makes sense for us as both uh, mothers who, who have home-based businesses, like the realistic demands on our time and what we can do. But also um, like we just, we have a pattern that we follow. We have consistent graphics that we use um, and um, we have like a plan for the content. So we, we can just prepare so much in advance. Yeah. Yeah. I actually would say that, you know, a lot of um, marketers online, you know, they say things and then, you know, do they follow what they do? They practice what they preach. And I feel like showing up solo truly does practice what we preach. Um, it, you know, in showing up in our authenticity, in our marketing, I feel like we, we're trying to be as simple, but also as consistent as we can. Because we also, it's like you said, we are mothers who, with a home-based business that we're trying to balance everything in so many ways. So, you know, we understand that we, the more that we add onto our plate, the more that we could lose the, the brand image that we want or, you know, the, the marketing tone. So it's important to us to be authentic to ourselves um, as as parents, as business owners, as business partners, as everything. So one of yeah. the one of the key things that we do is our we, we call it our full circle content approach, which is basically, and this is the the new strategy that we implemented in January. So we could really test drive the strategy we we're recommending to all our clients, which is where we create these YouTube and podcast episodes. And we we live in different provinces. So um, to film something together, we actually have to like, one of us has to get on a plane. Um, so we get together um, every sort of six months or so, and we'll film about six months worth of content. While we're at it, we'll also do a bunch of reels. Um, because if you don't know, you can actually save those and post them whenever you want. Just remember to save them to your, your phone, not just your Instagram app. <laughs> but we, we batch all this content and then we can work on it separately to convert it into audiograms and captions and newsletter content and um, reels and et cetera. And we'll, so we'll take those few um, intensive pieces of content or long form content and break it up into many, many smaller things. We do Pinterest pins, we do tweets. Um, we're planning to convert a lot of the episodes into blog posts, which will then mm -hmm. kind of be created into pins and tweets and more social media and email and emails yeah. exactly so we are all about um batching but but making your content go as far as it possibly can because there's this misconception that people are like stalking us online that they're like reading every <laughs> single thing we put out there they're not you're not doing it to other people um you might get in the mood to binge someone's content every now and then, but 
you're rarely doing it to every single piece of content they put out there. So um, it doesn't matter if there's a bit of repetition, if it's a good message, if it's quality information, yeah. say it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Were you gonna I was just going to say that uh, I think because Hannah and I live uh, so far apart from each other that we really had to come with come up with a, a plan to work smarter, not harder. And that's kind of like our new mo- <laughs> motto right now is work smarter, not harder. And that's why we're it's, it's all about repurposing and making content go as far as we can, because we can't be in the same place to record all the time. So how can we make it work for us uh, until we can again? So yeah, and I think that's like something that newer entrepreneurs or people who don't have a marketing background like don't realize sometimes because mm-hmm. it's not that they're not creating content, it's just that they're not repurposing it or if they create a blog, they don't think about, oh, how can I turn this blog into a few social posts or how can I turn it into this I I already did all the work to research the topic or I already know this topic because, you know, that's my area of expertise. How can I turn that into a video? How can I create a reel? How can I take a, you know, like those things don't come naturally to everybody because they don't, you know, this isn't what they, their area of expertise is somewhere different, you know, whatever their service, you know, that they're selling. And so they don't think about that. Or like I've coached some people and I'm like, well, what do you already have? Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, like what have you already created? And I even have to remind myself sometimes because I've created a lot of content and I'm like, wait, like, I shouldn't just try to create something new. I should just use what I already have. And maybe it's okay if I post about it more than once, you know, like I'll post something like an Instagram post and then I'll create a reel because you, you're right. Like nobody's going to be sitting there and like, oh my God, she posted about this four days ago. Like, you know, it's terrible. Like, because people have to see things like seven to 10 times before they really like, you know, understand what you're trying to, the message you're trying to get across. So it's actually a good thing to be a little bit repetitive, you know, and you'll think that it's repetitive, but they won't. Yeah. Even if they're stalking you, like, it's just another reminder. Like, there are, you know, I sometimes I'm like, oh, somebody's going to be looking at all this. But you're right. Like, it's in our head. It's not, nobody's really sitting there, like, stalking your Instagram unless they're, like, you know, specials. <laughs> well, unless uh, they're super fans, in which case they don't care. Yeah, which is a good thing, which is wonderful, because that means they're going to be contacting you soon to work with you, you know. So it's it's a good thing and, in that And case. I think that's, you touched on something there as well, is... um I've, I've seen this a lot with people who have podcasts, for example, they publicize the episode when it first comes out and then they never mention it again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're doing an episode where it's say like informational, educational, um, that content is usually relevant consistently. So remind people of those episodes, publish past episodes, um, like in your, so like promote them in your social media, even long past them being published because, um, if it's still relevant, you need to remind people it's there because they might be new and they might not know that information. Or and- they're at a different, sorry, at a different place in their journey where maybe before it had no meaning, whereas now it actually provides a lot of value to where what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's actually good advice because like, you know, my podcast is relatively new and I've promoted it on social. I've, I've sent a few emails about it, but yeah, why not like do a roundup of the, like the most popular episodes or, or something like that. And I did that when I first started, like I waited a little bit and then I said, hey, check out these four different episodes, you know, and, and want that that email actually got better click through rates than other ones that I've sent in the past. So people are interested. It's just maybe they weren't interested like at first and you reminded them and they're like, oh, maybe I should mm -hmm. listen to that episode, you know, so it, it is cool. Yeah. And I, I think it comes back to that, like people feel like they have to reinvent the wheel or come up with like a new, some novel concept. But the truth is we forget how that we're experts. We forget how much is just taken for granted um, for us. Nicole, and I do, we used to do this all the time when we start, to, and then we start to, um, we get these questions like, what's a lead magnet? And we're like, well, what's a lead magnet? Yes. You know, and everyone, and we forget that we didn't know what they were <laughs> when we started out. And so that information, you still need to give that to your clients before they can take the next step. You need to help people bridge that gap between like knowing what they need to know and like not knowing and then knowing I, that I sound like an episode of friends right now, but <laughs> they don't know that you know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I think you're saying is like, you kind of have to educate your clients a little yeah. bit if, if, the, if you're, if you're a certain type of service provider, but I think it kind of applies to all service providers because you have the expertise and the people that are working with you are working with you because you have the expertise and they don't. So, you know, if they don't know what a call to action is or a CTA or a lead magnet or like that term marketing terminology, then yeah, you're going to have to educate them a little bit before you're like, okay, let me help you create that lead magnet. Cause otherwise they'll be like, what is a lead magnet? <laughs> like, what is the point of that? You know? Yeah. Well, it was a conversation that we actually had recently um, with Courtney, Miller of Miller Digital, where she was helping Hannah and I film some reels. And we were trying to do a lot of like kind of tips, like lingo tips, marketing tips. And she's like, you got to simplify that. Like, they don't know what that is. And, and Hannah and I were like, it's so true. You know, we, in our minds, we're so used to, you know, this, this same old kind of terminology, but for someone who doesn't live in this world or are new to it or trying to educate themselves, let's just like give them the tools and the understanding to help them get there. So, yeah. And I think showing some of those things like really does help you be seen as an expert yeah. too, because I mean, you do know those things are so like obvious for you, you know, as the service provider, but you're, you know, sharing the knowledge and helping other people understand what these things mean you know like there's so many i mean mql roi like all these like ctr all, you know ctor like there's tons of marketing uh acronyms that i at first i was like what does that mean but you know in, after working many years like they're easy for me but other people are like what the heck is a click to open ratio and then i explain it and they're like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> you know um so I'm going to move on a little bit. Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I think something that a lot of newer entrepreneurs struggle with and service-based businesses especially is that we always feel like we have to be on, you know, um, because we're actually the face of our business, especially if we're solopreneurs. 
Um, and we think we have to like look perfect or just be perfect in order to show up online and also on social media. And I know you guys are both big on showing up authentically. So can you guys talk a little bit about how this plays out in your business and also in your clients' businesses? Well, um, showing up authentically is like, I would say it's the heart and soul of our business um, because we want to show people that you don't need to be perfect, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur. And uh, everybody has things in their life and we want, you know, Hannah and I, all the time we have, we have our own kids and things come up, but we still show up whether or not uh, what, whatever that looks like. We want people to see that you, you can show up authentically and people will still see you for the expert that you are. People still respect the, the wealth of knowledge and experience that you bring. It's not what you look like. It's not how you present yourself and your videos. It's the person that you are. That's, that's what people connect with. I, I also think part of showing up authentically is, is kind of unap unap unapologetically. Um, we work with a lot of clients who are very, very nice. <laughs> they, they are people who work with change makers. They want to make the world a better place. And sometimes that can be limiting when it comes to making their message because they don't want to offend anyone or alienate anyone. But these clients would never work with a big oil company or they'd never work with someone who is actively um, pursuing um, like environmental destruction or prejudice. Or, like there are 100% people they would not work with. And that needs to be made clear in their marketing. It's okay to say, I don't want to work with you. And that's also part of showing up authentically. And it, it kind of also leads into that. If people aren't okay with you being a parent who has kids popping in or they're not okay with the way you look because the fact is the way you look has zero to do with how well you do your job. Then if they're not okay with the way you look, then you don't want to work with them. Like, why would you want to work with someone who made like, who had a problem with you, the person who is essentially when you're a service provider, you're the product. Um, so it's okay to repel those people. And that's also a really important part of showing up authentically. And I'm not saying like, go in there and, you know, spout a bunch of controversial opinions and stuff, like for the sake of like, you know, stirring things up. But I just mean, if you really strongly believe in something, that should be front and center of your marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I totally agree with that because I think a lot of people when they're first starting out, they, they get scared because they think, oh, if I show this opinion publicly, then there's going to be a problem with that or I'm going to repel clients. And it's actually okay to repel clients because then the the ideal clients will find you because they know who you are and they connect with that and they connect with you authentically. And so they find you and those other people like when you going back to what you were saying about like, you know, finding the, the right leads and not wasting your time with the wrong people. And I don't mean that, you know, I'm not saying that people are bad, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you have to be a little bit, um, slightly controversial or it doesn't have to be controversial, but you have to be who you are to attract the right people to you. And when you uh, speak a certain way or 
write copy in a certain way or, or things like that, then those people will naturally be drawn to you. And then that makes it even stronger. And then the other thing is like, people don't, I think they're afraid that they have to look so professional and they have to be like, so polished and you know especially women i guess mm -hmm. like we have been trained to believe that like we have to be perfect you know at all times and there is no such thing as perfection and like i was on a call the other day with somebody and she's a business owner and uh we were talking about a podcast and she had her baby on her lap and like yeah there were some like distractions and things like that we weren't recording a podcast but like somebody might kind of be like well that's weird you know like why does she have a baby on her lap but i'm like she's a mom that's why she has a baby on her lap so like get over it you know and she is like you said like she's super knowledgeable about what she does so it doesn't matter you know and i think in this day and age people have you know we've been on zoom so much in the last couple of years because of covid that people have like it's been normalized a little bit that people have lives outside of what they do for work you know so anyway <laughs> i'm going on <laughs> I think it's been so freeing too. I mean, I meant, I remember what I was like before when I'm going to the corporate job, it wouldn't, I would always have like perfect hair, perfect makeup and like really chic job. Like I put a lot of effort into how I looked because I thought it represented me as professional, but I realized in COVID, you know, when I didn't feel like putting on a wired bra or slapping on a full face of makeup, full face of makeup for an hour long conversation that really it had no effect. And my clients didn't care. Like, I, I show up for sales calls now in whatever I'm wearing, whatever t-shirt I've got on, my hair pulled back in a pony, zero makeup. And um, because like, it really doesn't have any bearing on, on whether I can do my job or not, my, my um, work speaks for itself. And yeah. um, I think that was one of the big things for us, Nicole, wasn't like, we make a point of recording our bloopers and releasing them. <laughs> Because yeah <laughs> and leaving them in um because we want our audience to know we want people to know you you really don't have to do it perfectly to still come across professional and knowledgeable like you can mess up and i think i've seen those bloopers and i've seen the i think it was like Poe Buddies Nerfect or something like you switched the letters and I thought that was like awesome it just made me laugh you know which is what you want to do with people I mean you don't want to be hilarious the whole time unless you're a comedian but like if if you're a business owner people want to connect with you and if they see something that's not a hundred percent polished it's actually proven that like people will connect with you more because they understand that like you're you're an expert, but you're also at their level. And like, if you're too perfect and you're too polished, like people are going to be afraid of you. Like, you know, we react to celebrities who are super polished. And, you know, if you were going to go meet, meet Oprah, you'd be scared probably. But if you're going to meet somebody who's like slightly, you know, at the same level as you, then, then you feel more comfortable mm -hmm. and therefore you want to work with them. Just, you know, my opinion. I and if you notice that trend, um, so we watch a lot of YouTube at my house, um, but the, there's a lot of commercials now that are legit commercials that are trying to pretend that they're user generated content. Like they're trying to pretend that they're like an unboxing video or whatever. And it's like, nobody unboxes Tide Pods. Like <laughs> they just don't. Um, and, and, but that's the thing is there's a reason that market, like that, that commercials are trying to mimic user generated promotional material mm -hmm. because it works because people it resonates with people because it feels like a way more human connection mm -hmm. than some glamorous well-made up um professional actor or um like 
spouting a script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you guys have a tip for somebody who is like afraid of showing up on social or showing up in general in their business? Um, one tip that I found helped Hannah and I a lot, even though Hannah was like an expert in showing up on her own, um, doing it with someone else, you know, find a friend or a, uh, best, a business bestie in the industry that you love having those conversations with and have like interview them, you know, having a conversation like this feels more natural than showing up by yourself. So If that would be like one step to kind of easing yourself into it and building your confidence in being online, then, you know, see if there's someone else that you could join in a five minute, you know, reel or uh, Instagram live. Yeah, I like that. Like, I think that's why I'm drawn to podcasting so much because I am a solopreneur myself. And so it's either me talking to myself and pretending that I'm talking to other people when I'm shooting a video, or it's something like this where I like can actually have a conversation and I can laugh and like, you know, have a two way dialogue, which is way more fun. And I get to meet cool people and, and, you know, just like you guys. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, and that's the key thing, isn't it? Your um, marketing conversation is a one-on-one conversation it really is like you're speaking to that individual person who's sat there staring at their phone or their computer um you're not talking to a crowd you're not standing Mm -hmm. on a stage giving the keynote speech you're having an intimate conversation and if you can remember that and just pretend like you're you're talking to someone who you feel extremely comfortable with or like nicole said get someone you feel extremely Mm -hmm. comfortable with to have that conversation you wouldn't believe how much content ideas I get from my mom. Um, because I, when I talk to her about these things, she asks questions that I don't think to ask. And then in explaining it to her, it's almost like a dress rehearsal. Cause I, I explained to her, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is something my audience needs to know. And I'm basically just reciting the conversation I had with my mother to, to the audience. And it, um, it feels just so much more warm and genuine and, um, it's a lot less scary when you feel like you're talking to a person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I know you guys specialize a lot in Instagram and also LinkedIn. So do you have any tips uh, for my listeners who are just getting started with these platforms? Hannah, go ahead. Okay. Just know who you want to talk to. That's, that's the key is know who you want to talk to and what you want to get out of that interaction. So have, a clear goal. Having um, 100k um, Instagram followers, sure, cool, but are they people you actually like are going to get results from? You're going to put the effort in for marketing um, to, like, if your job is content creation, then yeah, you want followers because that is, that's where you're going to get your return on investment. But if you're a service provider, really, you just need like one person to say yes to, to move the needle of how much you're making. So know what you want to get out of it and know how to find them on those platforms, like on Instagram and LinkedIn. Yeah. And I would one step further than that, I would say, you know, pick one platform and stick with that. You don't need to be on all of them. Um, It would be better to put all your marketing strategy into one platform and focus in on your ideal client there rather than, you know, so many different platforms and you're struggling to keep up. 
you know, at first you're, you're gung ho and you feel motivated, but then you start to notice yourself like, you know, getting tired and you're not consistent. And then it's, it's more, it feels more laborsome than at the beginning. So pick one platform and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that because when I started my business, I was like, let me be all over the place. Let me be on every single channel that I can be. And then it was like, no, you can't do that. Even if you have like tools that will publish or like automatically publish stuff and you schedule things in advance and you do batch content, it doesn't matter. Like that's still too much for one person to physically manage unless you're at the place in your business where you can hire someone. Sure. Okay, fine. But you know, if you're just getting started, there's no reason to be on that many platforms because none of them are going to be good. They're all going to be like kind of mediocre. So I, I had to make that decision. Like I was on YouTube in the beginning and I was like, nope, <laughs> not working for me. Um, I'm going to stick to podcasting and Instagram, and that is what I'm going to focus on. Yes, there may be some other things that I do on the side, but those are the two things I'm going to stick with. And that's what I tell my clients too, because they're like, how do I be on like everything, like all these people that I see out there? And I'm like, those people that you see out there are 10 years ahead of you. Those people you see out there have an entire team of people working to create that content. They are a content factory. You are not a content factory. You can be that eventually, you know, but you got to start smaller than that yeah. and really master two platforms at the most one even better you know and just go from there so yeah well and that's that's the reason nicole and i can be on so many platforms because really at the core of it our podcast and youtube series started as an answer to instagram's demand for video content because the problem with it if you do like a live on instagram is it's on instagram i started by like in converting them into blog posts and embedding them on my blog. But it was a shame I couldn't put that video content elsewhere. So we really started with like, we need video content for Instagram. So we recorded video content. And then now that we have that video content, we had it for Instagram. But as we grew in comfort, we could repurpose it to LinkedIn. We could repurpose it to YouTube. And then we could scrape the audio and repurpose it mm -hmm. as, a, as a podcast. And so that's the thing is get comfortable, come up with a plan that works for you. Um, Instagram's a platform where you want to be on more often, um, like three to five times a week. Um, and it's very heavily video focused, whereas LinkedIn is one of those nicer ones where one to two times a week is plenty and it doesn't need to be video. Um, so like pick, pick the platform that makes sense for what you are able to create. And once you have that nail, like Nicole was saying, then start to expand. Think about how you can take the work you're already doing and make it go further onto more platforms. So you're not creating brand new content for each platform. You're just making that content go further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up, this has been amazing, <laughs> by the way. Um, are there any last words of wisdom that you want to share with the audience? Um, I would say, you know, take each, uh, like take your journey step-by-step, step. you know, don't look at five years now. Like, obviously we want to have goals and where we want to see our business, but take it day by day, um, take it month by month. And, you know, the, the mistakes that you make along the way, really use them as like learning opportunities to where you are connect with other people, make relationships with other entrepreneurs, 
people aren't your competition. They actually want to help you along the way. Um, that's been like the biggest thing for me. Same here. I totally agree. Like I've, I'm always, always, always harping on about having goals, remembering what you want to get out of it. Cause it's very easy to get distracted by things like likes and shares and stuff. Like think about what, like what your end goal is. If your end goal is to have more clients, um, then that's what you should focus on. Like, what is you, what are you doing and how many clients are you getting out of it? And then like, keep that in mind. It's not a popularity contest. And I think the other one is that um, nobody is thinking the things that you think they're thinking. <laughs> um, like nobody, if you think about yourself, you probably aren't sitting there judging people or um, like thinking all these things that you think people are thinking about yourself. So just remember that. Um, it looks very different from the other side. And um, like, you don't have to like look like a movie star to show up in your content mm -hmm. and your marketing. You don't have to have million dollar commercial. <laughs> like you can, you can just say who you are and what you do and um, the right people, if you've got your message clear, will come to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So <laughs> I'm gonna put my two cents in there about what you just said about like, it's called projecting. <laughs> You're projecting your own thoughts, usually negative, onto what that other person is thinking, even though it's really what's in your head. So I just wanted to share that. And that's what we call it in coaching and also just, you know, in psychology in general. So um, this has been super awesome. We're almost at 50 minutes. So I want to get uh, a little bit more info from you. So where can people find out more about you guys and the work that you do? Well, you can find us on Instagram. We're at showing up solo. Uh, you can find our website at www.showingupsolo.com. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn. You can find us on Pinterest. Um, you can download our freebie. Uh, you can get the link through our LinkedIn and our Instagram. Is there any, and our YouTube series? Yeah, we're, we're showing up solo everywhere. Um, and, and yeah, our, I'll just mention briefly what our lead magnet is. It is basically um, the roadmap to what Nicole and I have done for our marketing. So we don't keep it a secret. You can, uh, you can, um, you just put in your email and you'll get access to this, which has a really nice infographic that walks you through taking a long form piece of content, like a video podcast or a blog and turning it into like 20 plus pieces. Plus we list all the tools that we use because mm -hmm. finding the right tools <laughs> is a headache. So mm -hmm. there's lots of trial and error and money wasted. So we, we actually just list all the tools that we personally use mm -hmm. um, for our process. Um, so that's a really great jumping off point if you're just getting started. Yeah, I love that. I think that that'll save people a lot of time. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll put all of those links in the show notes so that everybody can find them. But I think definitely if you're just getting started with content, go check out that uh, lead magnet and it'll be very much worth your time. <laughs> so I just wanted to thank you both for being here. It's been awesome uh, having this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. I hope you're getting some good information and some inspiration to help you grow your business. If you like what you've heard and you want the support of a business coach, come on over to agathabrewer.com and schedule a free consultation with me. 
In this call, we'll talk about your goals for your business and see if it makes sense for us to work together. My one-on-one -on -one coaching program is specifically built to help new entrepreneurs like you launch and grow a successful business. This program will help you get clarity on what you want to build, create a strategic plan of action, and identify and release any mindset blocks that are standing in your way. Because building a business shouldn't be so hard. And with my support, you'll reach your goals way faster than if you try to do it all alone. So I invite you to give yourself the gift of personalized support so you can build your dream business that allows you to live the life you want and make a bigger impact on the world.